0: Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. We roll on on a Friday. It's hour two. This hour brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one-stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots, and decor, and greenest grass. Aha. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. Ken Weeb covering the Winnipeg Jets. He'll join us in about an hour.
1: He's not covering much longer. A
0: couple more. Is it so? Then you can start golfing. They open out there? I don't think so. Mm. I saw some, uh, well, you know, we'll find out maybe. Yeah, he'll know. Some people we know are in Winnipeg right now. They're going to play a hockey game. We can maybe reach out. I seem to think that it was uh, not, not quite golfing weather there yet. But we'll figure that out. Uh, our next guest, a uh, former NHL defenseman, former Flame, former friend of the show, and Flames analyst on Sportsnet. He is Corey Sarich. Uh, long time no chat, Corey. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How are you
2: guys doing? Well, it's been you know, a while.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. We're just we're kind of putting the, the finishing touches on this uh, this regular season here. We we care, but we're we're distracted. You know, it's you don't look past... Anybody, any opponent, we're guilty. We're we're looking, we're looking past
1: Tuesday. You know, we're, yeah, we're excited for Tuesday. We
0: probably looked past yeah. Minnesota a bit and I, I know we've uh, we're we're taking the Jets for granted tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah, mail this one in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just we get may it over, Which is get
2: it over just get it over
1: with. I mean, yeah. As long as we're good on Tuesday, who cares if we mail in tonight, right? Yeah. We may not start on time.
2: Hey, you guys are allowed to do that. It's yeah. been a long season. Yeah.
0: Now you've been All on t- I'm guessing on both sides of this where you're playing games down the stretch, and they matter, and then on the other side where they don't matter, obviously you know which position you'd want to be in. But for the Flames, game 82, uh, what, what, uh, what is the focus? No one, don't want to get hurt, we do want to play well, we don't want to stink, but it's, it's hard to, again, manufacture that emotion or the give-a-crap that you would probably ordinarily have in this game.
2: Yeah, and what a beautiful place to be going to for that last game. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. There I is mean, that.
2: that. That really helps. There really really helps. I guess. I guess if you're going to just focus on hockey, that's about all there is to do there. So it's not like you're going to get distracted by anything else. It's a back to back. The boys are going to be tired. Um, they'll they'll put in a good effort, but yeah, their minds will be elsewhere. I I won't lie. Um, it's not going to be the easiest game to get through mentally, but I think the way you need to approach these games. And it's the way that I kind of approach things in my career. Is if, you, if you go out there not to get injured, you probably have a potential too. So just go out there and play hard and play the game like you normally would and you'll be just fine.
0: Did you uh, take in the match last night?
2: Yes, I did. I got uh, the last two periods for sure. I was a little distracted by the Raptors who gave us a little mm. bit of hope, but just to absolutely crumple in the third quarter. So... Then it was on to hockey.
0: Yeah, they did do that for you. They, they made sure that it wasn't interesting for very long in the second half, so then you could put your full attention on either the draft or baseball or something else, yeah.
1: So thank you to Messiah and the gang.
0: Yeah, really appreciate the mm-hmm. lack of a <laughs> distraction that they offered up. Yeah. Uh, the, the Wild, you know, looking back at it, the Wild were pretty good in that first, and then the Flames tightened things up in the second. The, uh, the shots on goal, the five-on-five play for sure. The... The game's here for a little bit. I think the Flames probably feel pretty good about their 5-on-5 play, but penalty kill, power play, they probably want to tighten some things up there. We always say when you get to the playoffs, the whistles go away. Where are you on the special teams cuz both of I mean two of the three for the Wild come on the power play last night, so not not a great night special teams wise for the Flames. They kind of did the same thing against the Predators. Is it a concern or do you rely on your five and five play being your bread and butter when you get to the postseason?
2: I think that in all three areas that the Flames have done a really nice job this year, and the fact that they've had a couple go against, it's maybe a little bit due to that that factor that maybe your head isn't completely in it. Uh, maybe there is a slight letdown there. Um, the winner that Capriza scored last night. Well, that you're, I don't know if anybody's stopping that thing. Um, it's maybe maybe just not taking the penalty beforehand. It's all the little details. And I think those, well, I know those are going to be there. Um, Once they get this game in Winnipeg done, those next couple days before the playoffs start will be super important. And that's, you just start to get jacked up. You start to focus on every little thing. And yeah, maybe I'm making light of it right now. You don't want to let these things slide, but their penalty kill, their power play, it's been very solid all year long. Their whole game's had consistencies. So I don't expect that to go away. Yes. Five on five has probably been the best showing for the Calgary flames in a long time. Like they have been consistent in making sure they score even strength goals. I think that might be the more difficult come the playoffs rather than the other two, you know, given the pressure, given the circumstances and just how much is on the line. And, Teams are gonna crack down. Other teams are gonna be even more detailed. So I I'm I don't I'm not really concerned about anything right now.
1: Do you have a preference between Dallas and Nashville, the two clubs they could face come next week, or is it a dangerous game even to sort of try to wish or hope for one and not the other?
2: I mean, they both pose similar issues. I guess the one thing would be, I guess, the question mark in, in goal for for Nashville, but I think Nashville is a peskier team. I play, think they play a heavier game, which will wear down the Flames. Um, then you look over to the Dallas Stars, and they've got a lineup that they've got a pretty, a couple pretty solid goaltenders. Ottinger, he's played very well against the Flames this year, and then you've got uh, Holtby, who's got a lot of experience, and then when I mentioned the word experience, I think that's where Dallas gets a little bit scary for me. They've got guys that have been there, guys that have played in every situation and that can really rise to the forefront when it comes to the playoffs. So they've, I mean, I don't really, I don't see a a lot of extreme differences between each team. And I think the flames can beat either team if they stick to their game plan and everything goes kind of status quo. So I don't really have a preference either way. Goaltending would just be maybe be the one question mark. In the Nashville net, but you look at Dave Riddich, he gets he gets a win last night against the Colorado Avalanche. So, who knows?
1: Well, it's it's interesting because uh, boy, this has been a really good regular season. Boy, the second best regular season in franchise history, setting all these records, career highs. You know, half the teams having career years. A lot of that was said in eighteen nineteen, and how quickly we say, "Well, this team's different than that one." Of course, all teams are different, but to be fair, at this time in 2018-19, you know, four or five days away from the playoffs starting. Nobody gave Colorado a chance. Why will it or could it be or should it be different this year with this group than it was under Bill Peters in eighteen nineteen?
2: Well, I think they've got that salt in their wounds for quite a few of them. Um, they, If you look at some of their top players right now, Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Goudreau, they haven't proven anything in the playoffs. If that's not a chip on your shoulder and some determination to make sure that things go a different direction Um, that should be the first and first driving factor for those guys. Um, I think goaltending is obviously a lot more stable and that'll give the flames an even better chance and consistency throughout their lineup. Like it's, it's been pretty much besides, you know, a little bit of shuffling here and there on the front end, the back end has been super solid. And I really like that from my personal experiences, on the teams that I was on that had success, you generally had, we played with most of the same D all year long. And power play units have been the same. Penalty killing has been the same. It's just consistency throughout the lineup. And I think they've had more of that this year than in that previous season.
0: Looking at this, and, and kind of that point, by the time we get back together and, and talk on month, no one's going to be talking about this stuff anymore uh Goudreau gets his 40th it's 42 it's 40 the 100 points all of that sort of thing but as you sit here from where this team was a year ago and there were so many questions it, what's wrong with the core do you need to break it up for this what, third or fourth off season in a row and shake it up who's going who's you knew jordano was probably leaving that whole thing but you come back this year and daryl deserves a lot of that credit but the, to be top 10 in in those categories penalty kill sixth power play they are at 10th goals against they're tied for second goals for they're fifth. fifth that is it's amazing to be on both sides of that coin right you might have a really good offense but maybe your defense is a little leaky or if you're staunch defensively you're probably not amongst the league leaders in goals five on five play they have been dynamite markstrom is top three in goals against and save percentage we know about the line it's one of the best lines in hockey there was there was no way that you could have seen all of this coming. It t- it it truly does take everybody pulling on the rope, though, right? This is not just Kachuk and Goudreau and Lindholm deciding we're going to have great years. This is everybody from top to bottom buying in.
2: Yeah, and you've got a a pretty interesting mix in that dressing room, and we we talk about it all the time. Like, what does a dressing room need? How is a dressing room going to be successful? And you've got guys in there that have enough experience and enough clout and there's enough of them to keep the accountability there for everyone. And I think that's why the consistency has been there throughout the season. You haven't seen large dips. You like, you know, if you look just comparing to the team to the North who in January, it looked like their season could be, could be going off the rails. I think it speaks to the guys that are in the dressing room, Um, small additions that may not show up on paper, but like having a Trevor Lewis in there. I mean, Chris of ultimate competitor, quiet leader. You've got Milan Lutic, who's won and, and knows how to go about it the right way. And I'm going to have to look at the list here to get them all for you. But there's probably five or six guys in there rather than just one or two that are going about it the right way. And I think that culture is wearing off. I think you see Noah Hannafin's preparation this year, Rasmus Anderson, their growth. And becoming a top pair at such a young age, like that's that's a credit to what's going on inside that dressing room. And then if you take a larger step back and you look at ultimately all those things you named Boomer, um, all their accomplishments as a team this year, it goes back to the process. And if you go about it the right way, which I have been harping on it, I mean, ever since I left the league. And I think things have have obviously changed in the game, but you still have to have a sense of structure in your game if you want to have any success in this league. And if you look at the winners at the end of the year, they play on both sides of the puck. It's not a team that blows someone out of the water and it's all offense. And it's not a team that is stifling defensively because I don't think there are any of those anymore. It's the balance. And the Flames have finally found that. And that's why they've been so fun to watch and have had a chance every night this year.
1: Any one performance really impressed you the most when you look at almost all, I guess you could say five and a half career years on the blue line, half the forward group, the goalie, their career years everywhere. Any one of those stand out, or is it maybe more a statement about uh, the coach that all these things are happening at the same time?
2: Well, that's tough. Um, I mean, yeah, we we all look to the coach for getting all of this to happen, but I think it's a maturity in that locker room too. Um, these guys figuring out about how to how go how to go about it the right way, maybe getting their priorities straight in what they're wanting to accomplish, maybe realizing that there is a small window of time that you can't just expect it expect it to happen. You have to put in the work. You have to you know buy into what's being sold. So um, I, I think though for me I'm gonna lean to the back end. I, I we've always known that those guys up front have had. Had talent and and could go and I mean the fact that you have you're having a whole line having a career year is very impressive but to me the back end the consistency there the growth of Shillington um, like I just mentioned that top pairing for the Flames and then the two guys that came out of nowhere and have completely revived their careers in in the bottom pairing if that's what you want to call it I think I think the growth there has been just as impressive as that top line of the Flames.
1: Boy, it feels like Goodbranson is like, what, Why aren't we seeing this guy every spring in the playoffs? And you win with guys like Goodbranson. He feels like one of those guys. He's never been in the second round. Career highs across the board, and I feel like uh, he's finally found a coach, a system, and a slot on a team that fits him. It's been wonderful. Yeah,
2: they they basically, I think Daryl assigned him his role at the start of the year, and i I think he's he's grabbed it, and and I think it's probably been refreshing. When it comes to Eric, I think him and if you look back at his history and we probably all know it quite well from having chatted about it, you know, you come in as a highly touted top draft pick and the pressures to perform are incredible. And then you have to find yourself. Um, Who are you as a player? Maybe that's never who you were in junior, but because you had success at a certain level and and a certain stat line that you get slotted into this position. Um, the responsibility comes with all of a sudden being handed a heap, heap of cash when you're when you're uh, all of a sudden earning a large contract or have signed large contracts. People don't re- realize the responsibility. I know myself just coming from uh, a, a more average salary in Tampa to Calgary and all of a sudden you get a pay bump. You're expected to change your game and do that much more and it, it's a hard thing to wrestle with mentally. So Kudos to Daryl to put Eric in a role where he's going to survive and strive. But to Eric to grasp it, and I think he's really figured out who he is. And that's that's the ultimate. And that, that should carry him through for quite a few years because people are going to want a defenseman like him.
0: Well, and the other thing that, uh, that Daryl has said for a while too, and Ryan, you've, this is the best team he's ever been on. There's something about guys who have played in the league for a while and have had middling success in the regular season or playoffs and then the best, yeah. and then your part you know you know you're playing well on a personal level and you're contributing to a team that's actually good all of that it, it doesn't always happen that way sometimes you're having a great year but your team is junk or the team's really good but you're in and out of the lineup it's been the perfect scenario for Good Branson this year
2: yeah and i'll take i'll take the latter i'll take what's going on this year <laughs> 10 times over um Sam Bennett might be having a little bit of a season like that as well. So it it it's the, it's the club that you play on, you know, that ultimately determines your, sure, your yeah. overall success. I mean, there's some guys that can blow that out of the water, like a Brett Burns who had an incredible year in San Jose, but they also had a pretty strong team and he had, he set personal bests and you'll have those like, outliers that come out of there eric carlson a couple years in in ottawa and i'm just thinking of defensemen but is that really the success that you're striving for if 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 the driving force behind your career is your personal success and your stat line and not what you do as a team well i mean i guess that just sums it up
0: what about and there's there's no way to really there's no stat column for it but i wonder from your perspective Corey sarich former flames defenseman with sportsnet joins us here this morning we all knew that there was going to be a big hole left by mark giordano when he left there's salary cap money left behind and all but there's also 20 plus minutes and a top line power play spot and there wasn't a big addition necessarily like zadorov came in and gabranson came in but who's and no one saw shillington and his emergence coming how does that come together is it just knowing that Hannafin and Anderson were turning 25 and there was room for growth there? Because I wonder if there's a difference between wanting to have a good year and wanting to improve and knowing that as a group you have to, that this is, we are all in this together and we've got to pull on the rope because, and it's not a shot, but they really didn't suffer at all losing one of their top defensemen this year. And that doesn't happen. It's rare.
2: Yeah, they kind of never missed a beat. And I know we talked about it briefly at the start of the season when you're just talking overall about the Flames and what needs to happen. But I feel like that talk went away quickly. There was maybe, you know, early in the year, we weren't sure if it was going to be Valimaki, if it was going to be Zdorov, uh, if someone else was going to fill that role. There was some chatter around that. But as far as just overall play by all of the defensemen together, they, they seem to kind of bridge that gap and, it's it's a great question, Boomer. I uh, it's hard to pinpoint whether or not it was just an opportunity for growth for all of them. Um, we didn't see Shillington. I think he was the biggest surprise at the start of the year, and and ultimately with his a little bit of offensive production there early, he, he carried this team in some in some very key games and scored some key goals and got key points. Um, his his timing was fairly impeccable at the start of the year, but. Yeah, I don't know whether or not it was just okay, he's gone. We all gotta get better which I'm sure there had to be some of that. Like we we're all gonna get ice time, we know it, and we're gonna to have to fill it and it's not gonna just be one guy that fills his boots. I think, don't think there would have ever been in that thought. Or was it like okay the guy that they rely on, he's out of the now it's my turn. Yeah. You now like I could see that too, you know, a guy's around forever. Let's look at, look at the, the Minnesota Wild this year. Just for a small example, you've got Souter there who's logging all that ice time. And it's just like, oh, yeah, well, guess who's going to play 25 minutes this game? Ryan's there. Ryan's there. You just slot in behind him. I think that would have been pretty refreshing for a lot of guys. I'm not going to – this isn't a slight on Mark Giordano. Great teammate of mine. Still, still a guy that I get to keep in touch with. But it was maybe just time. And that happens. That happens in a hockey career.
0: As a guy who was, took pride in, in the defensive style and, and the defensive end of his game, that was you, the thing that we've seen this year is the attention to de- checking. Checking leads to scoring, to opportunities. We hear that from coaches, and obviously the forwards bought in. You've played on teams where there has been a breakdown in that philosophy, where there's, there's some forwards, they're out there to score, they're out there to pad stats, and defense be damned. I can only imagine that when the D-men are together, that rubs them the wrong way. You feel like you're not pulling on the rope in the same in the same same direction, right? <laughs> um, I I would think that part of bringing a team together, specifically for the D-men, is seeing the forwards maybe sacrificing points for the greater good of the team. That's got to. Am I right? Because I I know that there have been. If not hard feelings, but it, defensemen get sour when they can't rely on their forward teammates to uh, to help out.
2: I know that I know that uh, Robin and Jerome used to have a few conversations about that very issue from both sides of the coin: yeah. defensemen not doing enough to help with the offense, and the offense not doing enough to help out the help out the defense. So I think this has been a pretty good year for for showing how they go hand in hand. Um, I've really, really been impressed with. Obviously, you added some defensive, some better defensive forwards up front, more defensive-minded forwards in a Coleman, um, in a Trevor Lewis. But it's the guys that log the minutes that change their mindset, and it might not be otherworldly. Like it, it might not. It's not Johnny Gaudreau down running over guys and blocking shots to me, but yeah, blocking the odd shot. I've seen him do it. I've seen him manage the puck so much better than in the, in the past. I've always said, like, for, as, from a defense perspective, why do forwards want to just turn pucks over and over and over at the other team's blue line? Do they really enjoy back checking? Like, I don't, I don't get it. There's a time and a place to put the puck in, go and try and retrieve it and make that team come the other, the full length of the ice. So, from a defensive defensive perspective, it's it's been really neat to see the, the forwards buy in, and then for the whole team to have success. And because they've committed to their own end, it's allowed for such a quick transitional game this year, and so many points off the rush. That I just think everybody sees the benefit of playing defense all over the ice. It eventually turns into offense.
0: Before we let you go, I know uh, maybe we made the the uh, comparison the other day after uh, Milan Lucic laid out Matt Duchesne that maybe not since Corey Sarich leveled Patrick Marlowe have we seen a hit quite that hard. Uh, different, I, I seem to think Marlowe had the puck. It was nearby, obviously, uh, know. on that hit. <laughs> but that was uh, kind of you know sideboards, right about the same spot. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a heavy hit.
2: That was that was fun. <laughs> I I enjoyed that, and I was impressed that she actually got up because. Wow, that was a whole lot of human going right through him.
1: Yeah, that is a lot of human. That's well said. It was was a little
0: bit,
1: a tad late, which, (laughs) you know
0: what? That happened. Yeah, well, Pinder said the other day, or, or early. It like, might have just been really early.
1: Maybe he knew the puck eventually <laughs> was going to get back.
0: He's going to touch the puck again at some point. It's just a matter of when. Uh, yeah, that's a big hit. Yeah. That's a big hit. Well, Sarchi, good to talk to you, man. I know you're going to be uh, joining us after Flames Games uh, for the next uh, little bit. So. Morning after. Okay. all
1: you
2: lucky you lucky guys. Yeah, you. So
0: Wednesday, uh, we'll be chatting with you again. Sounds like Wednesday. About that? Mm. Awesome. Good to have you back. Yeah. yeah.
2: looking Looking forward to it.
0: Did you know you dropped an S bomb, or did it go right over your head? Ooh. Yeah,
2: and as, soon as, it, as soon as it came out, I was like, "Oh, what a way! Yeah, what I a good. way to start!"
1: No, but as a good pro, you just kept don't you draw just,
0: attention. Yeah. Keep moving. I, I thought it was well done. And you know, the host won't bring attention to no, it. No, he would. That'd be he a hack do move. Do that to you for sure.
2: One, one last thing before I go. Am I, am I still on? the um Coffee detail. It has been a. It has been a couple of years. I'm not sure where my role is.
0: That's right. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll text you. We'll be in touch. Okay. And yes, is I the answer to
2: that. Question. I can't wait.
0: Very good. Thank you, Sarich. You be good. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. There he is, Corey Sarich. He will be in with us after games in studio. Looking forward to having We're him. We're not
1: doing night broadcast. This can be the next day after you. the game. The morning show with Corey. will be there.
0: Or number three with Ken Weeb. Or or number three. With Weebsey, Tommy Wealdon Jr. When we come back, this hour is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one-stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots, and decor, and greenest grass. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're
1: locked on Boomer in the morning. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
0: Guests of the show join us on the hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. 13-time consumer choice award winner for every dollar you spend earn points towards free pizza with their rewards program atlas pizza and sports bar sixty-sixty memorial drive northeast this weekend is shaping up nice
1: is that right Mm-hmm. good
0: flames game tonight watch it on tv or whatever you want to do or just sure do it on the it's radio to or whatever do, yeah. you gotta do
1: just don't try to watch it on the radio that's gonna drive you nuts
0: You're not going to have the volume up, I guess. Because if you don't have, if you have the volume down and you're just watching your radio, people are going to be like, "Mm." real tough. Uh, Saturday, Roughnecks. Sunday, Cavalry FC. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nice little. And then uh, Monday, back to work, get into it and start to prepare yourself for Tuesday. You need your helmet Tuesday. You need your helmet for sure. Might yeah. might even make sure you have it Monday, just in case. Yeah, Tighten First small chance, but uh, have it on hand yeah. Monday. Get it, uh, get it all figured out. Yeah. Cavalry FC finally coming home. Oh baby! As uh, we welcome to the program, Tommy Wheeldon Jr., who is uh, in. You're in need of a win. We're we're gonna let the those you know those first games. We're gonna let those slide, but it is tough to be top of the table. F without uh without some victories how are we how are we feeling about things tommy
3: yeah listen what's a little adversity right All i mean right. that's uh that's what builds championship aspiring teams it's uh, uh it's nothing new to us we usually have our adversity either at the end of the season with the the playoffs or you know this time i think last year when we we're in the bubble we uh uh, won the first couple of games and then went goalless in four games and we're looking go, all right let's let's get these guys sparky. and We're in a similar situation. There's always that one where No matter what the tactics are, the opponent, you know, you, you implement it. If you score first, you, you stand the better chance of winning, and that that's the big thing now. So being home, having our fans, which are incredible, um, will be the 12th man, and that's the emotional lift we need because we you know we've gone to two home openers for both ottawa and forge and you can tell that that those that fan base does end up lifting the home team and we're hoping for the same because we know that atco field is that emotional lift and uh we want to make it tough look great team that's coming pacific fc but we owe them from last year's semi-final so there's enough incentives on there to make for a cracking match
0: so three games in one draw two losses Mm-hmm. W- would you say that you deserve the better fate in any of those? Are last
3: you least. 100%? Yeah, 100% La- last game, last game, I'd say was probably the one where we didn't do enough to win. Um, also, I think, you know, we had the better of opportunities uh, to win and it was a penalty that decided the fate. Right. And uh, you know, you could argue that a point would have been right. The forge game. Absolutely. Should have had a penalty. Um, you know, we've had a, a foul on Victor Littori before their equalizer, you know, these are all errors that the officials have yeah, owned after the, after the game, but that doesn't give us the other two points. So I think it's sometimes a bit harsh when you, when you don't get those type of points. But like we've said this year, you know, we have to play to whistle. We can't control what the referees do or do not decide. But you hope that when you come home, you get those marginal gains, you get those favourable calls. But uh, you know we, we've got to put the game away before it even becomes a suggestion
1: yeah and just crazy things in Hamilton against fords. that's that's the history of, oh, of, of the league. Oh, like, I love it. Uh, they were your big rival in year one. You, yeah. You've always had a, a bit of a rivalry, but it's been lopsided in this. I guess that's not really a true rivalry with with Evan because you have a loss to them with. Um, where does Pacific stack in? And I guess uh, over the course of the four years the league's been around, they, they clearly have uh, they've been getting better ascending. They win the yeah, league last yeah. year. Like is that the biggest rival for you last year?
3: Yeah, West Coast. I mean, you look at the way the schedule worked. Uh, you know, after leaving the bubble in Winnipeg, we played. Uh, we ended up playing nine games against Pacific. You know, including the Canadian Championship and the playoffs. So, it became what we had in 2019 with Forge, where we played them nine times, including the final. So, you, you, you generate these East Coast and West Coast rivalries, and now obviously you'll always have one with Edmonton thrown in there. But you know, York United now, given that you know they've got a percentage of the guys that have been with us that know us inside and out, that would always shape up into more of a sibling rivalry. So, look, it's a great league. It's a parity league. You know, even talking with Martin Nash after the game, and that was his thing from seeing the other teams. He said, look, I just think now, you know, with these rules and regulations about the signing of the, the foreign players and the under-21 minutes increased, there's been a lot of work done and the parity salary, salary cap to make sure it is more of an even league this year. So I think you'll see a lot more balance. You know, obviously, Pacific of, of Champions, they've had three home games. Got a favorable call in the game before last, you know, for the penalty against Halifax. It should never have been. And these things happen. So it's up to us now to be the ones that disrupt people. And, you know, the only way is up for us. And it's a good position to be in because I think we've always led from the front. So now we get to be the other way and we get to be the hunters, not hunted.
1: What, uh, what have you got health-wise going on right now? How, how is the group? Uh, who's available to you?
3: Uh, listen, I mean, we've got the, our long terms, you know, Anthony Novak and Tom Field, unfortunately, you know, before the season started um, with their knees, you know, it's it's a tough one. Uh, it's highly unlikely we'll see them this season. Uh, Joe Di probably going to miss half the season through the strained MCL. Uh, Sergio Camargo, he's, he's nursing um, a, a calf strain. Um, and then aside from that, you know, everybody else is kind of, you know, getting back into play. So, I think that's all it, all it takes now is, look, we need a few home games here. You know, we've got one against Pacific on Sunday, then we've got Can Champ game here, and then we've got Ballas. So at least we're three times this month we're at home. And I think it does help in just terms of form, mentality, and it does give you a net-headed advantage. And playing on grass, everybody else is playing on turf. So that is good. The ball moves quicker, it's more exciting, and, uh, and that's what we're planning to
1: How's the other Trafford been? I know The one Trafford's been pretty good. Which one? <laughs> well, the other one. The, the new Trafford.
3: Yeah. Well, he, he's at the man, the captain's unbound for Mason while he uh, recovered from illness. And uh, yeah. you know, Mason's back, and they they played their first game against York together. But, you know, they're, they're competitors. And I think what's good now is that was their first ever game together. Didn't go well. And I can see just this week in the manner in which they're training and trying to lead the group. And Galvan, you know, I think it's good because, you know, you do tell a lot about people, it's... It's one thing, you know, kind of when you're leading things, everybody feels good. But you know, it's 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 when challenges come. That's that's for me. That's where character shows, and and that's been the challenge of both our leadership group, our coaching staff, and you know, and this is something we want to get through together, and we will. I'm confident that our, our group is deep. We're a talented group. We have just got to hit that rhythm, and once we hit that rhythm, we'll be in a good place. And but end of the day, it's a 28 game qualifying process. You know, we've we've won enough of the leagues in the past with no nothing to show for it in the trophy cabinet, so. We have got to get ourselves in form, above the line in the top four, and then we'll be decided upon how good the season was. Because nobody remembers how you start the race; it's always, always about how you finish it.
1: And we'll remember that it was boy, it was a nice sunny day when Tommy and the boys got that win against Pacific. It was right, a Sunday yeah. and it was sunny. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the week, it looked like a May 1st, but it's 3:30 it looks... kickoff. Yeah, you know, and we've good.
0: House. And we've decided this is your number one rival, as much as we'd like it to be Edmonton. Until they right, we got to have some yeah. competition there. This is this is it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen,
3: we it was good. We had a Wednesday evening. We actually went up to Clark Stadium. We thought, right, these are our next two opponents. We haven't been able to do that in you know these COVID constraints of place. So we went up and watched from the, the stands, and it was a uh, it was good to see. You know, you see things in Pacific. Okay. He's good. He's good. Stop him. Right. That's where their weakness is. We can go after that. Here's how we train it. And then the same with Edmonton coming up. You know, they play a very, very deep defensive block. And, you know, with that is going to have to be a different strategy than it is against Pacific. But, you know, we like those games. And like I said, for me, I always take these things personally. And I think a lot of our guys do is, you know, they took away from us the opportunity to be in a final last year. So now in front of our own fans, let's get some of that pride back and start pushing them back the other way.
1: Maybe paint their locker room right when they arrive. Just a thick coat, really stinky.
3: a coat of gray. That, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right.
1: And it stinks of fumes. pink
3: fumes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, or nothing but hot water before the game for the water bottles and then yeah. nothing but cold water for showers, post-game. Yeah.
3: I like that. I like the way you think these are marginal games, right? Yeah. I'm writing it down.
0: That's right. These, these are the... It's the we we get, got more. We right? can do this all day. It's I a mean, game of inches. That's how you get there. Now, it is. it's a 3.30 game. It's the home opener. Uh, for you, what does a game day look like? We're all familiar with, you know, with hockey. There's a morning skate and then guys go yeah, home yeah. and they eat their chicken and whatever and they go to sleep and then they wake <laughs> up. What, what's a game day? There's a matinee, but for you, what does it look like on a game day?
3: Yeah, I think for us is you let the players have their own time, really. For me, you know, we, we do our prep and our work and our video, and, it, and it, it becomes a lot of work through the week. So come game day, you want them as fresh as possible. So you, you, your likelihood is the guys will probably have a, a good sleep in, get up, have a good breakfast, you know, pre-match meal. And then get to the stadium what hour and 45, maybe you know, between that two hours to hour and a half kind of window. And then that's it. We'll just get in. We'll have done a lot of our tactics through the week. So for me, game day is the players' day, and it needs to be that you just give them a little reminder and just let them focus on their game. And as coaching staff, it's probably the most relaxed we can be, because we've done all our work. We just have to make the minor adjustments, whether it's a sub or a tactical shift. It's now how you support the performance of the player. So and for me personally, my kid has an 8 a.m. game. So one, that's great for me to get up, be distracted for a little bit. And I get to watch my son play before I get to go and, you know, be a part of a great event. And uh, it's nothing like being at Spruce Meadows. You, you guys know that. So it's something I'm really excited to be seeing our fans again. We haven't seen them really since November.
1: What kind of a number are you going to wear? Can you give us any insights to the, the fashion? Is, uh, is the better half picked up well, your clothes every, yet? Every, or every
3: year it's home. Yeah, every year it's a, it's a new tie to the collection. Every year okay. just a, it's a symbolic new tie that fits the club system.
0: How do you decide hat or no hat? Is it uh, the wind thing? cloud wind cover area. or what? what is it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> when when you when you've got a barnet like mine, it can fly everywhere. I look more like Leo Sayer with it with, in the wind. So I think it, at Tim Hortons Field, it's always always windy. So I think when if I'm going to observe the game, I've got it with a clear line of vision. So I think that's where the hat comes in. Um, uh, if it's if it's sunny and the sun's shining, absolute. That's another one. But usually it's wind affected. Well,
0: mm-hmm. if you need a uh, an intoxicated pregame motivational speaker, uh, Pinder will be at the game on Sunday. Aww. I'm More of to. a
3: shouter, if I could just come in and shout. Very good. Yeah, just loud yeah. words. Yeah,
0: good. God. that's okay, guys. Listen, uh, listen, they really don't be like him, and they're really here the for effort. us. Yeah, they're really here for us, buddy. Good luck on the weekend. All right, thank you. Get her done. That should be good. Thanks, Thanks. Yeah.
1: appreciate it. Tommy
0: Thanks. Wieldon, Jr., Cavalry FC versus Pacific FC. The uh. Pacific, 3-1, three, three, uh, three wins, a draw, no losses, top of the table. Mm-hmm. Cavalry, one of only two winless clubs. Get her going. Get her going. Get her going, team. And again, it's I'm not team. lip service. We say it. This is a unique sporting event. Spruce Meadows, Atco Field. You know what they got the whole ring road and that's on the west side of the city Boy, that's quick it's it's right super easy to get mm-hmm. to if you're on that there's never any uh, cops there you
1: can go 200 that's what someone told me. no there's oh, actually sorry a, I there's a that lot back. of
0: a lot of police presence uh, they, there okay. because of uh yeah, just parking and that go so. the speed limit and we'll see you there drive yeah, safe I don't know why you would have brought that up but for sure don't speed <laughs> take your time give yourself time and get to uh to at mm-hmm. on Sunday that's right. yeah why do you do these things? What are you talking about? I don't I'm know. i trying to help people. I don't know. What to... So yep. the Flames aren't going to win this Jennings trophy.
1: No, oh God, no. It's
0: the one thing Daryl was talking about. He didn't care about uh, personal achievements or anything else. He uh...
1: They're going to do the awards ceremony this year in the finals, not in Vegas. Yeah. And it's going to be whichever city is hosting game three will host. It'll be like an impromptu awards thing. Yeah. Uh, he's going to th- take the Jack Adams and slam it through a nearby window and
0: say, screw this, I wanted the Jennings. I don't know if that's accurate. No. Nope. But he, uh, he said one of the measures of team success that he would take pride in would be to win the Jennings trophy, which is the lowest uh, goals against. And they're not going to win that. Nope. Nope. The Carolina Hurricanes played game 82 last night. In the 82 games that they have played, they allowed 202 goals. The Flames and the New York Rangers, with a game to play, have both allowed 205. Hmm. So you can't get less than that because you've already. What given... if they allow
1: negative four goals
0: tonight? I'll talk to Batman and see what he says, but I don't know that Batman. there's a. I don't know that there's a likelihood of that happening. Now <laughs> the I did
1: Stating the obvious here is...
0: Yeah. Uh, now I didn't realize this, and I'm I'm taking him. Uh, To be accurate, because Darren Haynes, who knows more than Haynesy, This is his tweet. (laughs) Well, this is dumb. Flames lost the Jennings Trophy, awarded to the team's goalies with the fewest goals scored against. Because of empty net goals, Calgary had 11, Carolina 6. If you remove the empty netters, Calgary has allowed 194, Carolina 196, the Rangers 201. Wow, empty netters should not. I don't. I don't know. I, I. I. guess it's a goal against.
1: This is so.
0: Hainsy's officially out on
1: plus minus. Then this is the great flaw of plus minus.
0: Well, I don't know how exact you. Same.
1: Why you, would empty netters matter? Do you criticize Jacob Markstrom for allowing? It's a team award eleven. It's not an individual. I'm done talking about the individual. Eleven empty netters. I'm done with this individual stuff.
0: They were right in it until Vladar let that empty netter in. There's been uh, three goalies that have played
1: for the Flames. Vladar, Markstrom, and Empty Net. The three of them combined, not quite good enough. Yeah. If Empty Net had just pulled up his socks. Hmm? You don't seem very concerned about this. It's the Jennings, dude. No one's ever cared about the Jennings until Daryl said he cared about it. <laughs> Going through all of the... Uh... You'd trade the Jennings for round two, round three, right?
0: Like, come on now. There's a lot of those things that do matter to Darryl. Listen, he's been around the game forever. He's a top 10 coach all time. Mm -hmm. Looking at that, with another win, he's tied with Babcock for 10th most victories. Next season, he will join the top 10 in terms of games coached. When he talks about goals for and against, you're at that Three and a half, four, two and a half against 2.4, 2.5. He's right where he wants to be in mm-hmm. that regard. He's checked a lot of boxes this year on his wish list, on his to do list. It really is. How, to, to be top 10, it seems like any year to be top 10 in all of the goals for, goals against, power play, penalty kill. Yeah, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get a few. If our, if our penalty, if our power play isn't great, then we better be really good in the PK. Or if our people, or if our power play is really good, then uh, well, you know we'll probably can survive having a less than top ten penalty kill. I'm not sure beyond sixty victories and the the obvious. what more would have been a realistic goal, regular season wise for this team, that they would have failed. They won the division. You want to win the conference and the president's trophy, obviously, but it's been quite a regular season. I don't want to win that. The trophy curses you. The presidents? That's right. The Florida Panthers. Idiots. Are the president's trophy winners. And everyone in Colorado can breathe now, right? I guess. Frank Saravelli. We, we actually talked about it a few weeks ago. He went a little bit deeper. Deeper, deeper. In the last 34 years, obviously prior to this year, only eight president's trophy winners went, went on to win the Stanley Cup.
1: Which, if it was, like, a random thing, like, hey, uh, it's the city where the fans wear the biggest hats. ha President's <laughs> Trophy. You'd be like, wow,
0: it's a lot. It's the best team in the regular season, Dean. They should be winning this tournament all the time. Yeah, for those that don't know, the President's Trophy doesn't go to the hat wearers. It does go to the team with the most points in the regular yes, season. Which yes. should
1: correlate to winning in the the next season, the, the
0: playoffs, the second season, the postseason. Yeah. Why does that correlate? I, I don't know. It... Does it have to do with how many teams make it? What do you mean? 16 teams make it well, every year in to this tournament. But it, remember in baseball, right? Before you added all those. Well, if you were the, if you had the best record, there was le- less chance of being upset, but with fewer teams making it. I I don't know.
1: I certainly don't know the point you're making Eight, there.
0: eight in 34. Not a lot. And, and some of those years where the, the, the teams that won the President's Trophy and didn't win probably had a significant margin between first and second.
1: I think of the Tampa Bay Lightning of a couple of years ago. They were absolute wagon. They got swept by Columbus. This is a crazy tournament. Yeah. Anytime someone wants to tell you somebody can't win and this team isn't good enough and that team is going to win, there are no certainties in this tournament. Zero. Montreal was a post away from being eliminated in five games all the way to the final. The other thing, too, you think back... A lot of bounces in this sport. People don't like acknowledging it because, yeah. oh no, you just got to try hard. Well, sometimes you just get bad bounces. How did that puck just not sit flat there on the backdoor pass when the guy was wide open? Changes the series. Round one used to be a best of
0: five. That can work both ways, I guess. If the what presen- is that? That's okay. gotta be like if this the is 80s. over thirty four years. Well, it would be thirty four years. I'm guessing somewhere in that thirty four year span, it might have been.
1: No, it'd be a very early, small
0: early mid eighties best of fives in round number one. Either way.
1: Doesn't really change much.
0: People are texting and asking. I I don't know how that compares. I don't know It would be lower than other leagues. All three
1: I'd suggest. Other big leagues. Sorry. Yeah. Like it just is. And and there's reasons for it. A, it's crapshoot tournament. We love. It's fun. It's chaotic. Uh, it's a war of attrition. You have to stay healthy. You can be the best team, but sorry, there goes your two superstars. See you later. And then on top of it, it's a different game stylistically. Baseball's still the same. You know, the umpires don't change their strike zone for the playoffs. They don't change their calls at home plate. The Mm -hmm. walls don't move in and out for the playoffs. The way the game's officiated... And the physicality and the tone of the game is totally different in the postseason. And we always like to try to say, okay, well, there's this, it's that. And then we sit there on night one of the postseason and we have like all these games going on, maybe multiple screens. You're jumping here at an intermission like, oh my God, this
0: is playoff hockey. It's different. And 16 wins, it's not like football. You get a bye, you're good for three weeks, you're in. It's a, And there's nothing like I, – I, I know that basketball is a grind and baseball and all. There's nothing like the physical toll that hockey takes on you.
1: Yeah, and so now play every other night where the physicality's just been ramped up to another level that isn't even reaching the
0: regular season.
1: It's uh, – yeah. So, sorry, Panthers.
0: Yeah, what – I mean – Sorry to see their season end like this. I know we were really hoping for more. So, do
1: they clean up their lockers, Pat, or do they actually play the first round? What do they do here now that they won the Presidents' Trophy? Uh you know what? I think uh, I think they're pretty much uh, got to clean it up after the first round here. They're done.
0: Hmm. They're going to play round goes one. Now. That's nice. Well, and they don't know who they're playing yet. Yeah. So, is it going to be the Capitals or Penguins? That's well, going to people. Upset are
1: really going to work for that wildcard two hole now?
0: Yeah, really go for it. Did you see what happened last night in the standings though, with the out of town scoreboard? I did. The dream matchup's still alive. It's still there. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's still there. We'll talk about it. Ken Wiebe, uh, it won't be involving the Jets this year. The Jets' season will come to a close this weekend. Tonight, I mean, oddly, they have two games. One of them is because of bad weather, Mm. which is weird that bad weather would hit Winnipeg. But nonetheless, the Jets will play game 81 tonight against the Flames. And Flames will come home. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the Jets, they'll be cleaning out their lockers. We'll talk to Weeb. Of the disappointments we talked about earlier, Vegas clearly is one. New York Islanders certainly would have not thought you'd be seeing them miss the playoffs. Um, But what about Winnipeg? I don't think that they were injured to the degree that Vegas was. They didn't have a new building that they couldn't get into for whatever it was. A 13-game road trip, whatever it was to start the year. Did they have Carey Price and Shea Weber on LTIR? So we'll get to it with, uh, with with our boy Weebs when we come back. Sportsnet 960, the fan.